As coronavirus continues to run rampant, today we're amping up our work-from-home mentality. And we're challenging stereotypes and creating new norms. And we wrap with a very human IPO. All this and more today on Recur Now. From ProfitWells Boston headquarters, it is Tuesday, March 10th. I'm Abby Sullivan. And I'm Grace Gagnon. It's a beautiful day to subscribe. Up first, your news. Work from home is a glorious thing. If you're able to do it and do it well, it can be the difference between keeping up at work and falling so far, far behind. And according to BuzzFeed News, some in the industry are using the coronavirus as an experiment for that moment when working remotely will broadly replace working in person. And with this madness seemingly not stopping soon, we have our eyes on the remote tools you need, but probably have never heard of. We're no stranger to the classic tools like Slack and Zoom, but Product Hunt, a team that's remotely distributed itself, dropped a list of the lesser-known platforms you could find especially useful this season. Yeah, there's this one called Tandem that I'm really digging, a virtual office for remote and distributed teams. It's not VR, but it's like the next best thing. With it, you can see who's available and what app they're working in, then chat and screen share in one click. I'm all about Flow State, which is a free daily newsletter that sends you two hours of perfect working music every morning. It gives you tons of background information on the artist and music genre, and a paid membership gets you access to in-house custom mixes on Mondays and a searchable database of songs, too. And another one that seems super simple, but it's actually awesomely useful, is called Crisp Mac. It's a tool that mutes background noise during calls and works with any conferencing app and a headset. Remote company cultures have become more akin to a religion than a growth strategy with amazing people like David Hansen from Basecamp, Nick Francis from Help Scout, and Wade Foster from Zapier preaching the power of remote. And since all companies go remote or multi-office at some point, it's not an argument of either or. It's more an argument of when. Especially in the case of something like coronavirus. These are uncontrollable circumstances for so many, but we can try to make the best of it. We did a bit of digging into the data to see if remote teams were growing at the same rate as their co-located counterparts. And we'll link to the report in your subscriber newsletter. After looking at 3,000 SaaS and subscription companies, we saw that in the early stages, remote companies are growing at a much slower rate than those companies where everyone is co-located. What's fascinating, though, is that as companies get larger, this growth differential starts to diminish. More on remote work later. Be sure to let us know what tools you're using. For now, we hear from Grace on unconscious bias in the workplace. Remember on a previous episode when we talked about how it was good to branch outside of your respective niche? Yep. David Kinsell from Drift challenged people to find different events and different books to read to expand the potential for breakthrough ideas. Well, I took that advice myself and attended the Tory Burch Foundation's Embrace Ambition Summit last week. Tory Burch is a fashion designer but started the foundation back in 2009 to support the empowerment of women entrepreneurs. The foundation provides access to capital, entrepreneurial education, and and mentoring and networking opportunities. But the summit went deeper. The speakers and attendees had a common goal, challenging stereotypes and creating new norms. We heard from many powerful women, to name a few, feminist activist Gloria Steinem, civil rights pioneer Claudette Colvin, National Geographic marine biologist Sylvia Earle, top female athletes AJ Andrews and Bianca Valenti, and I'll of course mention Tina Chen, president and CEO of Time's Up. Tackling unconscious bias was a recurring topic of the summit. Unconscious biases are social stereotypes about certain groups of people that individuals form outside their own conscious awareness. Unconscious bias is 
is particularly dangerous for women's equality, which we are unfortunately far from achieving. But the Tory Burch Foundation has a downloadable resource that everyone, especially companies, should look at if we want to smash unconscious bias against women together. For companies specifically, here are five ways to counter unconscious bias. Number one, strive for diversity in your workforce. CEOs, we're calling on you to look around the room and ensure all groups are represented. Number two, assessment and evaluation. Do a diversity audit at all levels. How are people hired? How is work assigned? How is compensation determined? Number three, training. Include bias awareness training that is based in the science of how the mind works. Number four, support nonprofit organizations and programs that increase diversity in the pipeline. And last but not least, provide sponsors or mentors for all employees, including members of underrepresented groups. For more tips on tackling unconscious bias, we'll link to the downloadable PDF in your subscriber newsletter. Previously on the show, we've also touched on the idea of subscribing to humans as well as funding them. Back in October, we spotted Human IPO, a marketplace for investing in just that, humans. We wanted to circle back here and see how this site and its subsequent humans was doing. And apparently they're kind of killing it. Let's look at Mike Merrill, the world's first publicly traded person who took crowdfunding to a new level when in 2008 he divided his self into 100,000 shares and sold them at an initial public offering price of $1 per share. Now his life rights have been optioned by Sony Television for a series on Amazon, and he's been featured in Wired, The Atlantic, BBC, and on The Today Show. Before announcing a personal IPO, the human IPO team conducts an investigation process on each human, reviewing financial records, past business performance, and a personal health check. Essentially, this works when someone is willing to sell their future time to anyone who believes they'll succeed. The more successful they become, the more their time is worth. And their investors, they get a solid return. And the human IPO team claims your investments can grow significantly higher with them as opposed to the S&P 500, with an average 890% target return, a 10-year average estimated term, and 25 to 35% average estimated risk. Our question here is, would you IPO yourself or would you invest in a person's time in this regard? It's actually a pretty simple idea, but it for sure has interesting inclinations. Share your thoughts with me to abby at recurnow.com or via social. We want to keep this conversation going. And that's a wrap on your March 10th news. Up next, a clip from our show trade-offs about remote work in the product space. Does it slow company growth? Let's talk about remote work. Remote work? Oh man, remote work. I feel like we're talking about a cult when we're talking about remote work. We're definitely on different sides of this. My reaction to most of the like stuff on remote is it's very... Um, how do I say it? like that I refer to it as a cult. It's very like controversial to talk about remote not being good yeah. or like remote having problems. Yeah. I, it's like everything like remote has clear trade-offs. Yeah. Let's recognize and research those well, trade-offs. That's what we're here to talk about. No, I understand. Yeah. But I feel like everyone who publishes things about remote yeah. is just like, Oh, if you're against remote, like it, it's almost like it's like you're racist, like something like, like it's that <laughs> bad. Right. Because every time, like, I mean, DHH and Jason Freed, like yeah. that stuff's amazing. And like, yes, like, Obviously, you know, hiring people is easier, yeah. you know, talent isn't evenly distributed, like all this other stuff, all that stuff There's is true. There's some obvious things. There are clear trade-offs that most people just don't even recognize or don't even consider. And that's why we're here. I mean, remote work's been around forever. Like, Absolutely. Like there's been, yeah, you know, I mean, outsourcing, outsourcing. original remote I mean, that work, was a yeah. big thing. It was yeah. like, oh, my, all the accounting's done in the Philippines or in India versus Absolutely. being done yeah, somewhere else. Or even else. engineering done somewhere engineering, else. Engineering, customer service, yeah. you know, Dell tech support. That's that was right. the idea. Yeah, totally. Um, what do you, what do you think is else is influencing this? Cost. 
Yeah, costs. It costs more to be co-located, co-located somewhere, and be in the same place. And I think this has a lot to do with the tech hubs and yeah. there being more startups than ever and more money than ever too for startups. Yeah. So like you have this like sort of perfect storm, as they say, is remote for everybody. And there you have it, your March 10th episode of Recur Now. If you are not already on the list to receive daily episodes, head to recurnow.com to sign up. This has been a Recur Studios production, the fastest growing subscription network out there. If you find use for this show, subscribe for more like it at profitwell.com slash recur. <laughs>